HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul, The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. It is a really hot day here in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and we're having a great time out here at Roberta's and at Heritage Radio Network. Actually, we're celebrating our five-year anniversary this summer, so we're going to be throwing some parties, having a lot of really great fun, some drinks, and some awesome food with all the hosts and the the sponsors uh, that we've had over the past five years. And speaking of, if you'd like to donate to Heritage Radio Network to Help us uh, keep bringing you all this uh, fun information uh, from chefs, bartenders, authors, farmers, you name it. Uh, please uh, check out the website and uh, help us out. Uh, speaking of a lot of those talents, uh, we have one on the show today. Actually, via telephone uh, from Portland, Oregon, we've got Jeffrey Morgenthaler on the show today. He's the bar manager at Clyde Common, which is one of the coolest bars i've been to uh i love it when i get to go to portland cocktail week and hang out there and he just came out with a book uh this month uh called the bar book uh it's a technique guide uh, it's kind of an overall encompassing uh great bar book uh so welcome to the show jeff you there i am cool man welcome to the show how are you man i'm great how you been fantastic awesome well, dude, you've been busy. You, uh, you were actually, you were just, you were just out here, weren't you? Like promoting the book. I just got, I just got back yesterday. Oh, nice. I just left New York yesterday morning. And you I left, just got back. you left, uh, just when the weather stopped being kind of perfect. It's blazing oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Get some of that Pacific Northwest cool. So, uh, dude, yeah. you were, uh, you know, I was actually, I was trying to find a time to get you in the studio, but I was actually on the West Coast when you were out here on the East Coast. And it's so funny typical, how that right? happens. Yep. Exactly. So, dude, you've been uh, tell tell us about the book. I have a book. It's so crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we put together a book. Um, you know, just like the, the like the elevator pitch is. You know, there's there's so many books out there about um, you know basically kind of recipe 
recipes and stuff, you know, I, I, to back up a little bit, I always tell, you know, bartenders, when I train new bartenders, I always tell them that there are three things that are equally important to make a great drink, and that's the recipe that you choose, the ingredients that you select, and the technique that you employ. And, and noticed a few years ago that there really aren't any books out there about bar technique. And it's kind of one of the things that's always been like one of the things that's, that I've felt really strongly about is technique. You know, when I train bartenders, like we spend a lot of time going over how to physically do these things rather than just cramming like a million recipes into their brain. I like to give them the tools that they need to like build a really great drink. Absolutely. I mean, so, I'm, I'm always shocked. So we. Yeah, yeah, I'm always, I'm always shocked about the, uh, you know, and it's, it's kind of the first it. one and it's super exciting. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've always been shocked about the lack of the, well, I mean, in the modern, uh, cocktail and bar books, because like the old ones, you know, that the specifically, uh, you know, like the Oscar Schmidt book and the Harry Johnson book, they're like, they're very service and technique heavy is like a, a manual for actually like creating the drinks, not just, uh, uh like, uh, you know, thousand and one cocktail recipes that yeah, yeah. don't even tell you the glass that it goes into. Yeah, I, I feel like I've always felt like Harry Johnson's really was really a, a manual for bartenders and not really home consumers. Right. Yeah. You know, because he really does get into technique and he really does get into service and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, um, actually, it's like the Trader Vic's manual. I mean, Trader Vic's manual is like how to be a bartender. You yeah. know, not not how to how to throw a party at home. Right. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I wanted to kind of appeal to uh, everybody. Yeah, you know, you do. Uh, I, I often visit your website, JeffreyMorganthaler dot com, and uh, there was uh, one one article that you had on there semi recently that I actually had to. I, I think it was the first time I ever commented on any one of your articles on your website, but uh, <laughs> it was the bar tools for your feet, and it was uh, it was a really cool oh, yeah. thing that like no one had really ever written about. You know, talking about, we're on our feet all day, so it's like why not put attention to that? I still wear cowboy boots, but I'm kind of an idiot. Oh way. god. <laughs> Yeah, I used to wear, for years, I wore uh, Fry motorcycle boots behind the bar, and uh, they looked great. You know, it was super cool, but, man, they did not really do uh, <laughs> my feet and legs any uh, favors. Yeah, there was uh, there was another, I think it was one of those like kind of BuzzFeed-style articles that I saw the other day, uh, <laughs> something somebody posted on Facebook, you know, it was like the 25... Uh, tips of being a bartender, and one of them was like, you don't have insurance. Dr. Scholes is your doctor. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw that same one. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Scholes is the only doctor you have. Yeah. Or the closest <laughs> thing to a doctor you have. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, geez, I, I saw that and I laughed, but then I thought about it for a second. I was like, that's really sad. It was kind of like one of those cry laughs, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So, okay, let's get back to the book. Um, yeah. So, what was your process? Uh, what was your research process, and uh, how did you like? How did you make it? How did you bring it about? You know. Well, you know, um, I had this idea. I had this idea for a book, and uh, I actually got approached by um, an agent uh, a few years ago, like maybe three years ago. And we sat down and said, you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? I think that you should write a book. And I was like, yeah, I've got this crazy idea. You know, I want to do a book that's really not. And it was kind of like the, the Seinfeld pitch, you know, like a, a TV show about nothing. You know, I was like, well, it's a, I want to do a cocktail book that's not about, doesn't have anything about alcohol in it. She, you know, we, I sat and talked to her and she was like, you can't do that. That's a terrible idea. You have to have a chapter on gin. You have to have a chapter on vodka. You have to have like some of your, you know, kind of homemade recipes and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that's not really the book that I want to do. And I don't care enough about writing a book to 
really compromise on that. So <laughs> I'm just not going to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> and we parted ways. Yeah. And then, um, and then my co-author Martha Holmberg called me up one day, and she was like, "Hey, I've been approached, uh, you know, about a cocktail book. Would you be interested in writing a cocktail book?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I have this idea that I've been told is terrible, um, <laughs> you know. So uh, I'll tell you about it." And I told her about it, and she was like, "Yeah, it's kind of a hard sell, um, but you know, we can try." And we tried, and, and Chronicle picked up on it immediately, and they were like, "Great." So we set about to do, you know, the, the really tough thing was like, I had this idea, like, okay, I want to do a book about cocktail technique, but then you have to sit down and you have to go like, well, what are, you know, how do I break this into chapters? So we kind of like went through and, and, and went through like sort of a, a process of everything that you, that we kind of do behind the bar, you know, from, from juicing, which I always kind of think is like the very first thing that we do, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you show up. You know, say your bar opens at four, you show up about one thirty. You know, you break out the juicer, you start juicing, um, and then we went through the whole kind of process. You know, on you know through making syrups and making bitters and using how to use ice and how to shake and how to stir, how to use a blender the right way, and then finishes up with garnishing. So it's like kind of the the evolution of of working in a bar. You know, I think that's really really interesting because something I something I found kind of shocking. Um, mm -hmm. is that, uh, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of live in our own little like cocktail world, like a little bubble, you know, of a community and yeah. like the bars that we go to and, uh, the people we see and like the things that we know. I mean, we're the, one of the things I like most about being a bartender is that you'll never know it all. And that's very exciting to me. There's always more to learn. Um, yeah. but then when you break it down to like, there's so many, like there, there, I, I have no idea that I would love to see the numbers on how many bartenders in the world exist, but it's, yeah. it's one thing that, that, that drives me crazy is like that, that a lot of them, most of them probably don't know how to stir correctly. You know? That's, oh God, I was, I mean, geez, like I was, I, I go to like really crazy, like, super high-end bars a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I go to low-end bars a lot, but I go to crazy high-end bars a lot. And I I have seen I've seen some really crazy stuff out there, man. Like, and, and we're talking about, like, place, like, really well-respected, like, cocktail places, you know, where the, the bartender doesn't even know how to use a spoon or a strainer or something like that. I was at a bar, I'm not going to name any names, but I was at a bar in New York, and, like, the, the woman behind the bar didn't know how to use the julep strainer. And I was just like, "Wow!" Like, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk later after the show. I want to know where this is. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we cause, won't. Because uh, uh, no, I, you know, maybe I can line up some sort of consulting gig, or maybe yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, we totally, do it in tandem. Totally. Um, yeah, that's you know, there. Uh, man, I'll tell you the city since you told me yours. But uh, I was in L.A. Uh, probably mm -hmm. about four years ago, and it was a very. I was. It was. It was a bar that was suggested to me by some people in the industry that I absolutely respect, and yeah. and I won't mention any of them. No, <laughs> and uh, we can guess. Yeah, but uh, I go to this bar. I see this drink. It's kind of like it's some sort of daiquiri variation, but it has uh, uh, fernet in it. Which you know, I'm like, all right, daiquiris and fernet. That's that's right up my alley, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the guy or girl, oh, well, <laughs> you know, it was it was it was a dude. Uh, he basically 
uh, he was like fumbling through this drink really badly, and and it oh it had like an egg white and then like a like a atomized uh, like kind of uh, figured like uh, like kind of icon like on top of the you know the, stenciled, the fizz. Stenciled yeah yeah exactly yeah totally. Um, yeah. but you know, when, first of all, the guy couldn't, wasn't using jiggers, which is a huge sure. thing that, uh, I don't know. I, I always use jiggers. Um, plus I just like, I just like bar tools in general, but, uh, anyway, uh, he went to pour the fernet in it and then he took the cap off and have you ever seen this where someone would like stick their thumb? It's like a cooking technique. I think. Oh I think- yeah. They put their over it and then yeah. you're getting like some juicy yeah exactly exactly and i was yeah, just yeah, blown yeah. away that that happened right in front of me and i'm like at this very <laughs> high end place and then oh it was, and then went back with this stencil and then sprayed so much bitters into it <laughs> it was insane oh, like, yeah, like a teaspoon of bitters on top of the drink. it was insane man yeah so, yeah, so if you if you let it sit for like a minute it just sort of like dissipates into the foam yeah exactly it just creates like a sort of brownish purplish mess yeah exactly that's yeah. exactly what happened man you nailed it but it's it's crazy to me like we, we we still have a long way to go and there's always more to learn you know and that's why you know yeah books like i mean that's why you're inspired to do this book you know it's like we, anyone yeah. can put together a recipe i think i think that's the easiest well, part and, and the thing damon that i think is like really interesting about it is like recipes and flavors and stuff that's so subjective you know i mean absolutely well, there's no which is great which is the great thing about it like we don't have to agree about the proper sort of proportions for a whiskey sour because there are so many different sort of palettes out there. There's so many different kind of uh, preferences out there. Like, that's great. But I think one thing that we can agree on uh, is that, like, you know, we should say we should strain the lemon juice before we make the whiskey sour because oh, we don't yeah. want pulp in it. Like, the technique mm-hmm. stuff is a lot more objective. I mean, I realize there's a lot of subjectivity to it, but I think it's a lot more objective, which kind of makes it fun. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, because it's, uh, I think it gets into a much more interesting conversation than like, than like, you know, like a daiquiri, you know, like, well, I like a little bit less simple syrup in my daiquiri because I think that recipe is too sweet. That's a really boring conversation to me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I feel like that's kind of been the conversation in the cocktail world for a long time. It's just like, try this. That's too sweet. Try this. That's too sour. Like, what are we talking about? But if we can talk about like, you know. Um, things that are like almost sort of like rules. Like, yes, you should put your cocktail glass in the freezer for ten minutes before you pour sure. a drink into it because a cold glass is better. That's like really objective. Or, or if you don't have the cooler, you know, chill it with ice. You know, yeah, totally. Yeah, like, like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, let's like let's like have these conversations. I think they're much more interesting than just like I don't like this because it's too strong. There, there are certain things that, like, as far as technique goes, that that I've seen some, you know some amazing things that uh that just kind of blew my mind that were like the simplest things like oh well yeah it's like it, like thomas waugh for instance at zz's and uh dirty french yeah. yeah so uh he we were talking the other day and he was like dude yeah it's like when i make sazeracs i don't use uh, a, a glass from the cooler um you know, when when you're about to prep, you know, like your 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 Sazerac, he's like, dude, I put ice in it, Scotsman ice, let it chill mm-hmm. that way while I'm making the drink, and then I empty it out, 
and then I put the bitter or the uh, the absinthe in, and it was one of those things where like I was like, all right, cool, that's that's great. And he's like, dude, think about when you order an absinthe at a bar or a pastis, it always comes with water in it. So actually, putting the the absinthe in a wet glass rather than a dry cold glass expresses sure. the so it's like things like that that like really blow my mind, totally. and like totally. and, and things like in you know like of course we. That makes total sense. And when you think about all these things, like like you said, like uh, straining your juice when you juice it fresh every day, you know, yeah. getting getting the pulp out of it. Well, the pulp is going to, like, oxidize and make it bitter. And, like, so when you think about it that way, it's like, oh, this juice is going to stay consistently, like, fresh tasting throughout most of the shift. You know, it's like, all right. Yeah. Somebody yeah. should put that in a yeah. book. Let's focus on uh, that for that a while. Was, that was, like, you know, really part of the thing with the book was I was hoping that, you know, we could turn this into a, a larger dialogue that this would be a, a topic that started coming up more often mm-hmm. you know and i feel like it's it's been one of those sort of like backroom um dialogues that goes on between bartenders like you and thomas Bly, you know having this conversation that's a conversation that you guys have that's not really out there in the public i mean i guess it is now it's all over the radio <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> but like you know it's it's the sort of thing that bartenders talk about late at night like hey man you know how did you do that and we talk about this so i wanted to get this like out into the public and have more people kind yeah. of contributing so you know, I don't. I wanted to be like kind of the first book on technique, but I don't want to be the last one on technique. I hope that this is a thing that like really takes off and people really start like getting into it and and you know coming up with better ways to do things than I've outlined in the book because it, it's the only way that we're going to sort of grow this business. You know. Yeah. Further and further. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jeff, uh, we're about halfway through the show. Let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, uh, we'll continue talking with Jeffrey Morgenthaler. Awesome. All right. Hi, I'm Julia Tertian, host of Radio Cherry Bomb. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a nonprofit organization, which means we depend on the support of members like you. The reason I support Heritage Radio Network is because I'm passionate about connecting women and food to an audience that supports them and their businesses. The best way you can support this program and others like it is to visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org and click the Donate button to become a member today. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. This is Brooks Headley, the pastry chef at Del Posto in Manhattan, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network. And we are back. You're listening to heritageradionetwork.org, and this is the Speakeasy. And on the show today, I've got my buddy Jeffrey Morgenthaler from Portland, Oregon. We actually were just talking about his new book that came out very recently. It's still probably hot off the press. The ink probably hasn't even dried yet. And that's awesome. So I'm very, very happy that uh, you got this book out. And, you know, we we're talking about technique before uh, before the break. And, uh, and, and you were talking about these, like, late night hours of, uh, you know, the bar talk, the shop talk. And, you know, I, I, I feel like that's 
I, I wouldn't be able to have this show, you know, if it weren't for those moments. It's yeah. basically the same thing, but we happen to have microphones in front of us. But we're Great. talking the same way. But, you know, uh, also, I, I just think that this information, like what we're talking about today and what's in your book, I think we're at such a great place. Like, it keeps getting more and more exciting. I, it, even, I would say, even like five years ago, I mean, so much has happened over the last decade, but like, I would say yeah. even five years ago, we didn't have the kind of enthusiasm that we're seeing nowadays it, as far as like home bartenders and enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's the kind of book that I know that I know that I've been I've been told about your book by several people who are not even in, in the industry, not even bartenders, <laughs> that's awesome. you know, and they're like, this is a cool book, man. I'm like, yeah, right on. And that's that's great. I mean. Like we said before, there there's so much information out there about recipes, and those are subjective to your palate as well. You know, like, like so, it's yeah. it's it's not necessarily about following this one recipe unless you want to get. I, I think with like tiki drinks, you kind of have to get like down to the spec. So I, that's that's a little different. Maybe we'll swap out a rum here and there, but yeah, it's that's one. But you know, some people like their. I mean, clearly we know about martinis. You know, people like them drier. Then, yeah. then what? Some people like them wet. I like mine with blanc vermouth, and I actually like fifty fifties. So there we go. Yeah. Maybe and I have a sweet tooth. I don't like fifty fifties. I like a five to one dry. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know it's all it's all about you know it's about figuring that out first. But then you get to go in and you figure out oh well I actually like to stir mine fifty times with cold draft ice rather than yeah. you know like twenty times with like hoshizaki ice. Um, yeah. And those techniques, like, as far as, okay, well, let's get into that. How do you, like, how do you feel about, like, the different, like, what, what what's your ice program like at, uh, and I hate the word ice program. I <laughs> know, uh, it's the worst. But, uh, but, but, like, at Clyde Common, for instance, like, do you, do you freeze your own? Do you, do you have a, a... We, we, um, you know, I, I always tell people, um, you know, that um, get rid I, especially a lot of younger bartenders get really, really, really um, stressed out about their ICE program, you know, about what they're going to do with their ICE program, the ICE program, the ICE program you know. They want to be successful, but they, they, they know that they need to have, like, a world-class ICE program. Um, we, we, uh, we run a three-time James Beard-nominated bar program with uh, crappy ice. I can't even, it's a Manitowoc, I think. Um, <laughs> just, it makes, it makes cubes that are about, hmm, three quarters of an inch by yeah. three quarters of an inch. I know the they've one. Got a huge, yeah. They've got a big divot in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, it's not pillow ice, nothing that bad. They're, they're basically kind of cube shaped. Um, and we make really fantastic drinks with this, with this ice. It's not, um, you know, Hoshizaki or, or cold draft ice. I just don't think that, like, if you're going to have an ice program, that's great. <laughs> I think yeah. you can do a, a lot of really great things. But I also see, I, I see a lot of people sort of using ice um, without actually understanding what it does. Like, you know, um, I, I get served constantly. I get served all these drinks on one solid cube all the time. And I don't think all drinks are really... Um, Best when served on one cube, you know, like yeah. like I don't really want a gin and tonic on an ice ball. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. You have I to... think that there's, you know, I was talking to Dale DeGroff about this a few years ago, and he was like, "There's something about the sort of tinkle of of cubes in a glass that's really nice," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. Like if I'm going to have like a gin and tonic or, or or a Collins or something like that, I don't want like a spear or a, or right. a sphere or anything like that. Like I want to have a glass full.
full of ice because I want my drink to be cold and nice and refreshing. You know? yeah. uh, it seems like the, you know, sort of bigger is better these days. And, and I think there, I just think there's a lot of people using ice without really totally understanding. So that you know, those are the things that we tried to kind of dispel in the in the chapter on ice is like you know, there, there's a lot of different types of ice, and, and they all have different um, they all have different purposes, and it's important to know when to use. Mm-hmm. What and it's not just not everything should just be served on a giant massive block of ice. Well, absolutely. I mean, like at, you know? like at Prime Meats in Frankie's, what we do is we we have a Hoshizaki machine. Um, yeah. It's it's great because like uh, you know cold draft, you know, is great too. Uh, mm-hmm. Some yeah. some people are using uh, some really sophisticated like giant ice block uh freezers uh and cutting them down uh, but we just yeah. take we take hotel pans we have filtered water you know from yeah. from uh, a nature system we cover them freeze them in our freezer and then yeah. we we hand carve our our chunks for like our old fashions and and things like that but they're never like they're never like just like a perfect thing, and I think that's kind of there's like a especially for like an older timey like rustic place. I think it's very nice to not, you know, it's kind of kind of like fitting for the place rather than having something so perfect because that that bar isn't perfect, you know, and no bar really is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've seen a couple lately that are pretty sweet, like they they might yeah. be perfect, but I mean, but it's it's also you're dealing with like humans, you know, humans yeah. making the drinks, humans. You know, enjoying the drinks, hopefully enjoying them, and you know what? It, it adds like that human element of error you know, or just variance, really. I guess is what I would say, and uh, that's really nice, you know. But uh, you yeah. know, going back to like how it's served on the on uh, a big chunk of ice or like a, a like a highball with a with a spear in, in a Collins glass, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, I, I I agree with Dale. I mean, there's not too many times that I disagree with Dale. Uh, to go yeah. off, you know, um, but there's so, there's a sort of romanticism about it. Like we, we like to have a, a a cocktail full of you know a glass full of ice sometimes. Of ice. Yeah, oh yeah, man. You yeah. know, and that's not even, we haven't even talked about uh, stirring it or shaking it. You know, it's like there's yeah. there's that part too. I like using the Hoshizaki ice because I don't have to crack it. You know, it's yeah, it's ready that's to... exactly. Our stir times are a lot shorter than than you guys with. Um, with cold draft ice because we don't have to we don't have to spend a bunch of time cracking the ice. I mean, basically, what you're doing, you know, is you're you're turning your fancy cold draft ice into our ice by yeah. doing that. I mean, <laughs> that's totally true. That's totally so true. We just sort of we've just sort of saved a step there. You know? Yeah, and also we don't have like super super tiny particulates of ice that are melting instantly and watering down the drink. You know, it's like yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, you're you're creating more surface area when you crack your ice, and it's like well. Use more this other ice. <laughs> so. Well, you know, this like back to a sort of like larger topic. You know, with this book, one thing that we really tried not to do was um, be super judgmental about different things. I, I realized that um, there are so many trends that kind of come in and come out, and so there's there's not really, um, you know, we we tell you how to do these things, but we don't really tell you um, whether we think they're good or bad. Always, you know, I mean. Um, I think a perfect example is the chapter on um, infusions and bitters and tinctures and stuff, you know. Um, so many people frown on, like, say, strawberry-infused vodka these days, you know. Like, you won't find a lot of um, sort of fancy mixologists that, that think that uh, strawberry-infused vodka is very cool. But, um, 
you know, what we what we show you in the book is like a strawberry infused vodka is really no different than, say, um, you know, a house made cardamom bitters or you know something like it's really just infusing you know alcohol with flavors. And so we show you how to do the infusions. We show you how to make big ice. We show you how to make crushed ice and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's up to you and up to other people to sort of be the arbiters of you know when to use these things and when not to. I just wanted to show people like how you actually do them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're giving them the information. And then, you know, so, I think I think the most important part here is have like, I think what you're trying to say is like having the information and then you could do whatever you want with it, you know, but, yeah, but just yeah, having awesome. the information is uh, the, the key honestly, thing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like if you, if you want to do like, you know, watermelon infused vodka at your bar, like, I really could not care less. I just want to show you how to do it so that you do it the right way. Yeah, that watermelon infused vodka is sounding pretty good on this hot day. It actually, actually sounds kind of delicious right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I, I mean, we're we're at the end of the show, Jeffrey. But uh, I yeah. can't thank you enough for making the time. I wish we could have gotten you into the okay. studio. But next time in your New York, uh, swing definitely. by the studio and we'll we'll definitely uh, chat it up again. And that sounds awesome. The, the the book is called The Bar Book uh, by Jeffrey Morgenthaler, and it's out now. It's everywhere. Now. And it's now. Uh, and yeah, you can, right now. You can also uh, read a lot of his uh, great writings on his website, jeffreymorgenthaler.com, and we'll have that information posted on our website on heritageradionetwork.org. And I can't wait to hear how it goes, man. This has been a, a hell of a pleasure having you on the show. Can't wait to see you I really time. appreciate it, man. All right. Cheers, buddy. Okay. Good uh, talking to you. Bye. That's it for the speakeasy. We'll see you next week. Cheers. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.